Hello, my name is Jordan Tardo, and I'm the lead pastor at Experience Church. I'd like to take a moment and just say thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast today. I hope this message blesses you. I hope it encourages you. I hope it strengthens you for what God has called you to today. All right, well, hey, well, welcome, everybody. We've been in this series called Refreshing Your Soul, and what we've been doing is we've been walking through the book of Psalms. We've called it a summer in the Psalms. And what we're doing is, if you've got a reading plan, uh, uh, we've been walking through the month of June and July. We've been walking through the book of Psalms. If you've not gotten a reading plan, you can still grab one. Uh, you can get them in the lobby as you leave. You can find me or find one of our staff or somebody. We can make sure that you get one. And what we're doing is we just kind of broken it down and just a few Psalms each day to walk through the book of Psalms in June and July. And it's a book of really uh, a refreshing. Psalms is a book of, of healing. It's a book of deliverance. It's an incredible book. I've known many people who have been sick in their body or emotionally down, and they've just sat in the Psalms, and God just can just deliver and free and refresh in so many ways through the book of Psalms. And so I encourage you, to, if you've not been a part, I encourage you to just jump in with us. If you have been being a part, I encourage you to continue on. I'm sure you're knowing it's been just such a refresh, refreshing time and I'm excited to continue to dive in. So what we've been doing uh, on Sundays is what we've been, we've just been talking about one of the chapters that we read prior the week before. So I wanna talk to you today about Psalms chapter 37. Psalms chapter 37. And so Psalms chapter 37, you probably read it this past week. It's about 40 verses. It's a few more verses uh, than I wanna read in one time on a Sunday morning just because we would be reading the Bible. And that's, not, that's okay to read the Bible the whole time, but we'd be reading the whole time. So that being said, I'm gonna break it down for about 20 verses and kind of ro- you can rock it with me here as we read it together. The Bible says in verse 12, the wicked plot against the godly. Let me explain what's happening here. David's writing this psalm in chapter 37, and he's kind of giving uh, this, this picture of what he's seen happen in his life. Okay, so when we read this, don't think it's, okay, he's saying, okay, this is going to happen. No, what he's doing is he's writing in the concept or the thought process of I've seen these things happen. And so he's kind of writing with this concept of I want to share what I've seen God do and people that call themselves godly or godly lifestyles in their life. And we'll talk about that in a minute. This is the plot, the wicked plot against the godly, and they snarl at them in defiance. But the Lord just laughs, for he sees their day of judgment coming. The wicked draw their swords and their str- and string their bows to kill the poor and the oppressed, to slaughter those who do right. But their swords will stab their own hearts and their bows will be broken. It is better to be godly and have little than be evil and rich. For the strength of the wicked will be shattered, but the Lord takes care of the godly. Day by day, the Lord takes care of the innocent and they will receive an inheritance that lasts forever. They will not be disgraced in hard times. Even in famine, they will have more than enough, but the wicked will die. The Lord's enemies are like flowers in the field. They will disappear like smoke. The wicked borrow and never repay, but the, but the, Six people are helping me out, okay. But the godly are generous givers. Those who the Lord blesses will possess the land, but those he curses will die. The Lord directs the steps of the He delights in every detail of their lives. Neither, uh, though they stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. Once I was young, and now I am old, yet I have never seen the abandoned for their children begging for bread. The godly always give generous loans to others and their children are a blessing. Turn from evil and do good and you will live in the land forever. For the Lord loves justice and he will never abandon the... He will keep them safe forever, but the children of the wicked will die. The... 
will possess the land and will live there forever. The offer good counsel and they teach right from wrong. They have, no, they have made God's law their own, so they will never slip from his path. The wicked wait in ambush for the looking for an excuse to kill them. But the Lord will not let the wicked succeed or let the be condemned. Y'all are getting real tired on me. You know what I'm saying? Like it's getting worse and worse. Like godly, godly, godly. We'll, be con- we'll, we'll not let the godly be condemned when they are put on trial, but your hope is in the, put your hope in the Lord, travel steadily along his path. He will honor you by giving you the land. You will see the wicked destroyed. And in this scripture, actually, if you read on, and there's a, one more time, David talks about the godly, and we'll talk about that in here in a minute, but in a matter of about 12 verses, about 20 verses, a little less than 20, about 18 verses, David shares and says and talks about the godly and says the word godly 12 times. In 18 verses, he says 12 different times something about the godly. And he's sharing with us, it's kind of, again, he's writing in this concept of really what he's seen happen in his life. And he's talking about what I've seen God do in the life of those who are godly. And what does that mean when we say godly? I want, I want to talk to you about that today. But when we talk about godly today, we're not talking about people that think they're God. That's not what godly means. Godly really means this. Godly means I understand Jesus, the scripture says, is what makes us righteous, makes us godly. So we don't make ourselves godly. What we do is, see, the Bible says Jesus removes our sins, and then from removing our sins, now then we choose to stay away from and continue to walk in freedom. That's a godly lifestyle. A godly lifestyle is not I'm making myself godly. A godly lifestyle and one who is godly is one that now chooses to walk and live and God cleans us. He frees us. He cleans us. Now we choose to live a godly lifestyle, which is now choosing to live clean. Okay, does that make sense? So we don't make ourselves godly. We don't make ourselves righteous. I want to talk about that before we ever get into this. Jesus is the one that does that because of what he did. His grace for us. He chose to die, give his life. And now when we believe in him, we confess to him. Now we become righteous, the righteousness of God, the scripture says. Now from there, now we choose to walk out and live a godly lifestyle. And this is the people that David is talking about, ones who are choosing to walk and live in a godly lifestyle. And he says 12 different times things that are that, that he sees the godly uh, benefit, uh, benefits of living a godly life. And that's what I want to talk to you today from this scripture, these few verses. I want to talk to you about the benefits of living a godly life. Because here's what happens. Oftentimes, we can think, oh, well, people to live godly or to, to live a life of holiness or live a life of righteousness, oh, that's just the boring life. And oh, we can't do anything fun. And it's all those things we can't do, this list of dot, 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 all the things that God tells us to stay away from. And that's how we can sometimes have the perspective of what it is to live godly. But that's not the case at all. There are all these incredible benefits that God gives us when we choose to walk in godliness. And I want to show you what David's talking about today as we read the scripture. Starting again in verse 12, it says this, The wicked plot against the godly, and they snarl at them in defiance. But the Lord just laughs, for he sees their day of judgment coming. The wicked, they plot against the godly, but God just laughs. Why? Because God sees the day of judgment. He sees that they will be punished. He sees that they won't, they won't prevail over the godly. What does this show us? One of the benefits of living a godly life. Protection. 
We, get, we receive godly protection. He protects us. He gives us the, the privilege of him being our safety. He, we, we can now go to him and he can walk with us and he can protect us from the different evils and the wickedness. I love it. It says that the wicked plot against. See, God can protect us and then he can. He does. He protects us from wickedness. Like, what does that mean? What are you talking about? We live in a world that is filled with evil and filled with wickedness, and we can get so caught up in trying to protect ourselves or trying to protect our children from evil. And I want to encourage you that he is the one that protects us. We can put our trust in him and know as we walk with him and as we choose to live a godly lifestyle, he protects us. He protects our hearts. He protects our, he protects our faith. He protects our children and our families. All we have to do is trust him as we walk with him. I love it because we just sang the song, you know, we sang the song that, you know, that, that he, he, he made the darkness, he, kept, he, he, he keeps the darkness, or not keeps the darkness, what is it? He, uh, I always forget the words, y'all know me. He, he sends the darkness? He sends the darkness running, that's what it was. I knew it was something, I should have wrote it down. He sends the darkness running. He sends the darkness running. He sends the darkness running. And people are like, yeah. He sent the darkness running. Yeah. He sent the darkness running. Yeah. He sent the darkness. That's a whole new, that's a remix. You know what I'm saying? He sends the darkness running. Now, here's what, here's what we should be singing as well. He didn't just send the darkness running. He sends the darkness running. He sends the darkness running out of your life and out of your family. He sends, when we come to, when we walk with him, the darkness cannot prevail in your life or your family's life. And so this is something we go to him and know, okay, he is our protection. Why? Because he sends darkness running from my life. We sing when we say the, one of the most cliche things people say in churches, but it's so real and so good. We say he's the name above every name, that Jesus is the name above every name. And that's so true. But it, can, it can become so cliche that we just like, yeah, we sing it or, or we say it or we pray it. But do we really live that and believe that he's the name above every name? He sends darkness running in my life. His name is greater than the name cancer. His name is greater than the name anxiety. His gr name is greater than the name fear. His name is greater than the name of pornography. His name is great. Whatever it is in your life that you may be facing in your life or your children or whoever and your family, I want you to know that the God of the universe, he protects you and I. He sends the darkness running. We just got to put our trust and our hope in him. Protects us. It's such an incredible benefit of walking with God that he gives us the privilege of being protected to being, having safety in him. The scripture says in Psalms chapter 37 and verse 23, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall for the Lord holds them by his hand. The Lord directs the steps of the godly and he knows every detail of their lives. I love this, he protects us. He knows every detail of our lives. And he's into the details and he cares about the details of your life. He cares about the struggles and he cares about the things that you may be concerned about. And God wants us to walk with him. I love it. He says that they, the godly will walk with him. And though they may stumble, they'll never fall. Why? Because he's holding us. He, we're holding his hand. He's holding our hand as we walk with him. 
our child, our daughter, she's almost two years old, and she's in the, the stage where she wants to walk everywhere. She doesn't want to be held. Well, she still wants to be held, but she loves to walk places. So we go outside, uh, and we just kind of walk around the block, and she's kind of just walking around, and it, she's still figuring out the concept of walking. I don't know what it is, and I don't know what the, what, the, what the situation is in her brain, but she'll be walking, all of a sudden, one of her legs will just give out. And she'll, like, she'll be walking, her leg gives out, next thing you know, fuck, she hits the face plants onto the concrete, and you're like, uh-oh, I gotta go tell Ashley that she just face planted on the concrete, cool. And so it's this interesting concept, like, like she, 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 something will happen with her leg, and all of a sudden, bam, she hits, and then she's crying, and I grab her, and I hold her. And so now she'll get to the point where she wants to hold our hands, and as we're walking, she'll hold my hand. It's so interesting, because as I was studying this, I thought of this story. Like, she walks with me, and then her leg will give out, and I'm holding her hand. But when her leg gives out, and I'm holding her hand, then she kind of falls forward and, like, doesn't face plant, but almost does. But I'm, because I'm holding her, she doesn't wipe out. She doesn't hit her face. She doesn't harm herself because I'm holding her hand. It's the same thing spiritually with God. That as we walk with him, to in relationship with him, as we choose to, to, to walk a godly lifestyle with him, we, we, may, we may make a mistake or something may happen in our lives or something may come against us and we may kind of stumble, but the incredible thing about the God we serve is he's holding us and he won't allow us to fall because he cares for us. The other day we were walking and we were doing our thing and it started, we were walking around the block and it starts raining, okay? Now, I don't know if you've ever been with a toddler in the rain, but it's not a good scene, okay? I, I, I know I'm just telling you right now, like it starts raining, all of a sudden you would have thought rain was fire. I mean, she starts screaming, ah! Like I don't, and I, we're like a good little ways away from the house. So I'm thinking, okay, I, gotta, I'm, I have to make this the greatest moment of my entire life right now in the rain as I'm walking with her. And y'all know lately here, it's, it's rain. When we say rain, it's been a monsoon. Y'all know what I'm talking about. So I'm like, you know what? We're about to make this, we're about to make this the greatest party of my life. So I, I pick her up and I'm like, the rain. Wow. I'm doing all this. I'm smiling. I'm laughing. All of a sudden, like she goes from like, ah, and like she looks at me. And you can see her processing in her brain. Dad's having fun right now and enjoying this. I guess this is pretty cool. So literally, she goes from like, ah, and like she, then she goes like, ah. I was like, yeah, the rain. Now, here's what's funny. I know this is a funny story, but here's what's interesting about life. Oftentimes, this is what happens with us. When we say God protects us, it doesn't mean a life without trials. We say God is our protection. It doesn't mean a life without pain. See, oftentimes what we've done is we've brought the culture, the mindset of the culture into the church. And when I say the church, I mean the body of Christ. We brought the mindset of trying to live a comfortable life into the church. And so we think living a godly lifestyle, God protects us. That means we're going to be comfortable. That's not what it means. It means that now, even though I face trials, even though I face pain in my life, now here's what happens. Like Just like my daughter, where now I'm holding on to the Father who is good, and so I understand it's about my perspective and how I see it more so than what it is that I'm walking through. Anybody here? 
It's so important that we understand this. It's a benefit that we receive as we walk with God, that he holds us, but he doesn't just hold us now. As we look to him, that's why the scripture says in Hebrews that we keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We keep our eyes on him. Why do we keep our eyes on him? Because when our eyes are on him, our perspective is about him and about eternity, not about the things that we may face on this planet. He protects us. He walks with us and he holds us in our times of need. Psalms chapter 37 in verse 16, it says, It is better to be godly and have little than be to be evil and rich. It is better to be godly and have little than to be evil and rich. Psalms chapter 37 and verse 21, it says, The wicked borrow and never repay, but the godly are generous givers. Psalms chapter 37 and verse 26, it says, The godly always give generous loans. Psalms chapter 37 and verse 29, it says, The godly will possess the land and will live forever. Four different scriptures we see here. David is showing us a, a, a concept of how God, a benefit of being godly is that he protects us, but also that he provides for us. Provision. A benefit of walking a godly lifestyle is we find provision in him. He is our provider, Jehovah Jireh, and he provides for us in all of our times of need. I love chapter 37 of verse 16 because he says this. He says, it is better to be godly and have little than to be evil and rich. Better to be godly and have little. Meaning this, that sometimes in life and seasons, we may have little. There's this concept or this thought process in our culture that people teach and preach where if you serve God, you're just gonna be rich. You're gonna be blessed and everything, everything you've ever wanted, every, everything's gonna, you're gonna have it all. That's not the case here. I love it. The scripture he shares, listen, just because you're godly may mean at times that you have little, but it's better to have little with God and walking with God than to have a lot and be evil. Now, when he says the little, then to be evil and rich, he's not talking about in the scripture here, if you're rich, that means you're evil or that money is evil. No, the root of money or the, root, the love of money, excuse me, is the root of all evil. So it doesn't mean if somebody's blessed, you're like, mm, well, they're evil. No, that's not the case at all, sir or ma'am. God may be blessing them. God gives us different portions. And so the concept here is that I'm content with what I have. I'm content if I have little. I'm content if I have much. Paul talks about it in the scripture, in the New Testament. He talks about how no matter what season I'm walking through, I'm content. Why? Because I know God is my provider. Then I love it. In the next scripture, in verse 21, he says, listen, he says, the godly are generous. Godly are generous givers. The concept of this is understanding God provides for us, but he gives us provision. And sometimes we think, hear me, sometimes we think that we receive provision for us and only us. Now, God will provide for us, yes, but sometimes God gives us provision and blesses us with more than we need because he desires for us to help and bless others around us. We're blessed to be a blessing. We, he desires for us to be generous. See, someone that's walking with God as they're walking in relationship with him and they're choosing to live a godly lifestyle, the overflow of the, our lives are gonna be generosity. It's choosing to be givers. Now, people come to church, and they're like, oh, here goes the preacher. Here he goes talking about money. Oh, well, all they ever talk about is money at those churches. Well, churches, they're all about money. All they want is your money. They want my money. They want your money. They want our money. They want everybody's money. Money, money, money. Let me tell you something. That is not the case at all. When I'm talking about being a giver, I'm not just talking about being generous to the church. Now, yes, be generous to the church. Bless God. But not just the church. I'm talking about being generous to our neighbors. 
I'm talking about being generous to our coworkers. I'm talking about being generous to our friendships. I'm talking about being generous to our enemies. I'm talking about being generous to the ones that are talking bad about us. I'm talking about being generous. It's an overflow of our life. It's not a choice that we make. It's an overflow of our heart. See, we oftentimes think giving is, oh, well, I'm choosing to do this because I'm being a good person. That's not being generous. Generous is, it's an overflow. I have to give because I know he's given it all to me, and so I gotta give it back to others around me. It doesn't mean you can't have things. It doesn't mean you can't have a nice house. It doesn't mean you can't have a boat. If you have a boat, call me. I'll come with you, okay? That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is it's important that we would understand that this culture mindset is that we would keep, 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 keep. Me, 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 my family, my family, me, me, us, us, us. And here's what God wants us to do. The, the godly kingdom and living a godly lifestyle is it's not keep, it's let go of and give because I know God can use this to change people's hearts and lives around me. Generous. We live in a culture in a society where it's all about get, as much as you can hold, as much as you can have, as much as you can make. And that's great. It's good to save. Please save. I believe in saving. But it has to be also that we get to a place where we say, you know what? I want to be generous because I understand. I look at my life and I see God has been so generous to me. He's provided for me. And so I got to turn around. I got I to gotta provide and bless somebody else because he's blessed me so much. Now, you can say, well, I'm not real blessed. I'm one of those ones that have little. I don't have a whole bunch. Well, this is where generosity comes in. Generosity is not a number or an amount. Generosity is a heart condition. I'll say it this way. It's a heart posture. It's I understand that God has blessed me, and so it's my posture, my heart condition. I just want to be a blessing to others around me, and so here's what I want to do. I just I got I got to let somebody else have some. I remember being in Haiti many years ago on a mission trip right after the earthquakes, and these people had nothing, and we were playing soccer outside with these children, and and the children. They were playing soccer with a flat soccer ball. I don't know if you ever kicked a, a flat soccer ball. Not too easy, not too fun. They're giggling. They think it's the greatest thing on the planet. I'm going to be honest with you. I can't kick a normal soccer ball, much less a flat soccer ball. So we're out there playing, and we're just kicking the ball, and they, this is all they got. So they're loving it. They're having fun, and, and so we're just kicking it, having a good time. I see one of the kids. He's probably 13, maybe 14 years old. He's got a bracelet on. I said, like, man, that's a cool bracelet, buddy. I'm just being nice to him, being kind. Like, man, that's a really cool bracelet, dude. Man, that, that, that's awesome. Man, I'm, where'd you get that at? He didn't even think twice about it. As soon as I said that's a cool bracelet, he immediately took it off his wrist and said, I'd love to give you this. That's generosity. The fact that he had nothing, he's playing with a soccer ball. Some of us have soccer, so many soccer balls in our attics, we, don't even, we can't even count them all. This kid's playing with a soccer ball that's flat. He's got one little bracelet on his arm, and yet he hears this person likes his bracelet, and the first thing he thinks is, I gotta give it away. That's why it shows me generosity is not an amount. Generosity is this thought process of, okay, I know I've been blessed, so I wanna bless somebody else around me. And I want to encourage you. I want to be a church. This is why we do Backpack. This is one of the many reasons why we do Backpack. Because I want to be a church, a, a body of believers that we, we're willing to give. And we're willing to give. And we're willing to give. We always want to give. If I have the funds, I want to give. Why? Because I know how much God has blessed me. I want to bless somebody else in their time of need. 
And so I encourage you, and again, not just with the church, I encourage you to do it outside the church. I encourage you to go to your neighbors and make them a meal. Now, some of y'all that can't cook, don't make nobody no meal when you can't cook. All burnt up, hash browns and stuff. Don't be doing that. That's nasty. But some of y'all, y'all can cook. Bless this neighbor, you know what I'm saying? I just said burnt up hash browns. Cool, okay. That being said, it's so important that we would learn the heart posture that David is trying to share here. It says, I walk with him. I'm choosing to live a godly lifestyle. And as I choose to live godly, there's these blessings, these benefits that come. We're like, what are you, giving's not a blessing? Oh, yes, it is. Giving is one of the greatest benefits and blessings that we could ever walk on and have on this planet. Why? Because, oh my gosh, the freedom and the joy that we get when we let go and we give. Oh my goodness, there's nothing better. And so God gives us this benefit of this privilege of choosing a godly lifestyle. He blesses us to be a blessing to others. I love it as we continue on in the scripture in Psalms chapter 37 and verse 17, for the strength of the wicked will be shattered, but the Lord takes care of the godly. Psalms chapter 37 and verse 25, once I was young and I, now I'm old, yet I've never seen the godly abandoned or their children begging for bread. Psalms chapter 37 and verse 28, for the Lord loves justice and he will never abandon the godly. He will keep them safe forever, but the children of the, of the wicked will die. I love it, the benefits of living a godly lifestyle. It's we, we get protection, God protects us, he provides for us, but also he pursues us. He says two different times, he'll, ne he'll, ne he'll never abandon us. And I love the scripture in verse 17, he says the Lord takes care of the godly. He'll never leave us, the scripture says. He'll never forsaken us, he'll never abandon us. He's always pursuing us. This is probably the greatest benefit. I won't say probably, it is. It's the greatest benefit that we get in choosing to walk with God and having a godly lifestyle. It's the greatest benefit. It's relationship with him. He pursues us. The scripture says that long before we ever loved him, he chose to love us. He chose to lay down his life and give his life for us so that we could be in right relationship if we choose to, to be in right relationship with the Father. And so we love this. Day. We serve this God, the creator of the universe that's literally pursuing you. And when I say pursuing you, I'm not talking about pursuing you like he's chasing you because he's mad at you because you made that mistake or you told that lie or you gossiped about that person or you looked at that image. That's not the kind of pursuit I'm talking about. I'm talking about the kind of pursuit of where someone who's married and you're, you're married to your spouse and you're madly pursuing them. I'll say it this way, because sometimes our married folks, you know what I'm saying? I'll say, remember when you were, when you were engaged, you know what I'm saying? And you were madly pursuing them. Some of y'all, marriage conference is coming, you know what I'm saying? It's just a joke, but seriously. But as a young couple, as you were engaged, how you pursued one another, you desired to be with them, and, and you would never abandon them. You cho you're choosing them over everyone else. That's what God does for you. No matter what the circumstance, no matter what the situation, no matter where you are in your life, no matter what you've done, if you're choosing to walk with him, here's what he does. He always is there. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He's always pursuing you. He'll never abandon you. You ever been left somewhere? You ever been at a party and your friend left you? You ever been, you ever been at a friend's house and, and next thing you know, everybody's gone and you're like, I'm at this friend's house and I don't even really know this friend and here I am. You ever been following somebody in a car 
And they're like, hey, follow me. I know where to go. And you're like, okay, cool. I'm following you. And then you see the yellow light and you know they do too, but they choose to hit the gas. And now here you are, you're stuck. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Now you're like, oh my goodness, I'm lost. They left me. And they keep driving. You're like, oh, surely they're good people. They're going to pull over and wait. And you just see, and as it goes away, the red dots just get smaller and smaller. On the, on the, and next thing you know, you're all alone. Come on, somebody. And now you're like, I don't know where to go. What am I supposed to do? I don't, I, I'm lost. And it can be this weird feeling of, okay, well, now i got to figure something out. i got to try to do it on my own. But as funny as that may be, the God that we serve, he leads us and he guides us and he'll never leave us. As he leads us, he leads us by the hand. We just read it. And he'll never leave us. He'll never abandon us. So he always is with us. And all we have to do is choose to walk with him. And we get this benefit of relationship with him. He pursues us. He's pursuing you. The scripture says that he'll leave the 99 for the one. We oftentimes think of the one as this concept of, oh, this one person that's far from God or away from God or a sinner or a lost person. No, the one is you and I. That even in our times of when we wander and even in our times when we're just in a funk and we're not growing spiritually or we're not as close as we should be, he's a God that's madly in love with us and he's pursuing us, desiring relationship with us. Oh my goodness, what an incredible benefit. It's an unconditional love, meaning no matter what the condition of our heart, no matter what the condition of our life, no matter what the condition of our mouth, no matter what condition of our mind, he loves us and he's pursuing us. David sees this, and he shares with us the benefit. Psalm chapter 37 and verse 30, it says, The godly offer good counsel. They teach right from wrong. They, are made, uh, they have made God's law their own, so they will never slip from his path. The godly offer good counsel. He gives us, when you talk about the benefits, some of the benefits of walking in a godly lifestyle, we get the privilege of, of being a God, of uh, being a person who walks, in, walks with God. And he holds us in the hand. He protects us, and he gives us provision. He pursues us, but then also he gives us others to partner with. He gives us others to partner with. I love this. He says, the godly give good counsel, meaning this. I can go to people around me who are living in a godly lifestyle, and I can find good counsel. I can find help. See, this is why godly community is so important in our lives. Because he does say, godly offer, go back to the scripture, the godly offer good counsel. Meaning this, that means there are other people out there that will not offer good counsel. That means if, if certain types of people offer good counsel, that means certain types of people will offer bad types of counsel. And we're living in a world, and a culture, that can give you some real bad advice. I mean, talk about, they're telling you whatever you feel, just do it. However you want to live, live it. Oh, you don't like your spouse anymore? No sweat. It's all good. You've been with them for 30 years, but it's no big deal. Just leave. It's cool. No sweat. Oh, you want to cheat on them? Don't worry about it. We won't even tell anybody. We'll create websites just so you can cheat on your spouse and nobody knows. All these crazy things. We live in a world where that's terrible advice. We need people around us that are godly, that will help us and give us good advice, good counsel. 
And God gives us this, one of the benefits of walking in a godly lifestyle. As we walk with God, he allows us to walk with others. And so then we can receive the advice. You can receive the advice and the counsel with your spouse from someone who's godly. And you can receive the counsel about your children. You can receive the counsel about your fears or your anxieties. And we can all, and then another cool thing is about, and we can also do that for someone else. As we're walking godly, then we can turn around and we get the privilege and the blessing of giving advice and counsel to others around us. We can bless someone else, encourage someone else, build someone else up. It's a benefit of walking in a godly lifestyle. We get to partner with his people. Psalm chapter 37 and verse 33, as I close, but the Lord will not let the wicked succeed or let the godly be condemned. When they are put on trial, put your hope in the Lord. Travel steadily along his path. He will honor you by giving you the land. You will see the wicked destroyed. The godly, the the Lord will not let the wicked succeed or let the godly be condemned when they're put on trial. Oh, what does that mean? Does that mean like when I I go to court, like God's not going to let me be condemned in court? That's not what he's talking about. The godly will not be condemned when we get to the place where we're put on trial. A benefit is peace. And when I say peace, let me explain this. See, all of us, the Bible says, says, We've all fallen short of God's glory. We've all made mistakes. We've all sinned. We've all missed the mark in how God has called us or created us to live. We, we all have. The Bible says the only person that ever hasn't on the entire planet is Jesus. We've all made mistakes. And so now our past condemns us. Our mistakes condemn us. See, the scripture says that we all, one day, when we pass on, we all go to the next life, whenever our life here on this planet ends... And mine will be like in two more years, you know what I'm saying? But as we all one day pass on, the Bible says that we will all face Jesus. The Bible says that we will all face Jesus. And the Bible says that every tongue, every tribe, every nation, every person will all bow and, and say Jesus is Lord. Okay? So whether people say that he's Lord or not on this planet, they're going to say it when they get to eternity. Everybody will, okay? That being said, then we're going to be put on trial. And I say on trial. I don't mean like you're going you're gonna to have all these like lawyers and stuff. We're going to be put on trial. We're going to be judged, if you will, for whether we chose to believe in Christ and live for Christ or not. Okay, so I can, I, I got a picture in my brain. It's probably wrong. We'll find out when we get to heaven. You can tell me I'm wrong when we get there, but it's okay. My picture in heaven, like it's gonna be a room, a lobby that's huge. It's gonna be made of like some golden walls. It has some sweet doors. And like, you're gonna be waiting to get in the doors. Like, and you hear like your name called. And like, I'm gonna be in the back probably because I'm short. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna try to look over people. I'm like, can you see Jesus? Where is he? You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I can't see him. Where is he? And so I'm gonna be waiting. I'm gonna hang out. And then all of a sudden, I'm gonna hear my name. I'm going to walk up to the front, and here's what I'm going to be doing, more than likely. I'm sure you will be too. I'm going to be thinking, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I did this. And, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I said that. And, oh, my gosh, I can't believe. Uh, uh, uh. I'm going to be a little bit freaked out. I'm going to get on my knees, and I'm going to say, Jesus is Lord. I'm going to honor him. But I love this because the scripture says that there's peace. Why? Because the godly will not be condemned, meaning this. Even though I've done all these things, I have this peace. Why? Because I know when I get to heaven, see, Jesus is going to grab me by the hands. He said, yeah, I know you did those things, but my blood and my life chose the choice I made. My sacrifice covers those. And so now, even though you should be condemned, you're not. You're free. Hey, come on. Let's go party together and oh my gosh we're gonna party you know what I'm saying see there's peace 
on this planet as well of knowing my past doesn't define me. My mistakes don't make me who I am. No, God, the God of the universe has forgiven me and my identity is not in the past. My identity is in him. And so now as I walk with him, I have peace because I know he's the one that leads me and guides me, but not just here, also for eternity. Now we'll all get to the place if we confess with our mouths and believe in our hearts that Jesus is Lord and we choose to walk with him, we get this incredible benefit of peace, a peace that says this, I know that my eternity is secure. I don't care what's happening around me. I don't care who's saying what. I don't care who believes what. I know my eternity is, in, is secure. Why is it secure? Because of what Jesus chose to do for me. What he chose to do for you. What a benefit. There's this peace that I won't be condemned. Even though I deserve to be condemned. We all do because we've all made the mistake. Jesus chose to take it and put it on his back and die on a cross so that we could now believe and have right relationship with the Father so that now we could find this, this incredible grace, this incredible unconditional love that allows us the privilege, if we choose, the benefit of walking with him for eternity. I love David. I love the writings of Psalms if you, if we, as we begin to dive in. Oh, we're calling it the whole, the whole series, Refreshing Your Soul. Oh, how refreshing is it that there's these benefits that we receive all because we're just choosing to walk with him. If walking him, with him was the only benefit, oh, it would be so much, it would be so worth it. But yet he gives us so many more benefits all because we're choosing just to walk with him. So I encourage you. I don't know where you are in your life. I don't know where you are in your walk with him, and I don't know where you are in your heart, but I do know this. If I could encourage you, commit your life to him. Not just a prayer, but a life. He says, I'm going to choose to walk in a lifestyle of godliness. Why? Because there's so many benefits that we miss out on when we choose to play this game of, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'll serve a little bit, or yeah, I'll believe a little bit, or yeah, I'll do. No, you know what? I'm all in. Why? Because when I'm all in, there's so many incredible benefits that God will bless us with that we never could receive when we're living in our own strength, in our own terms. He's a God that loves us, that cares for us. He wants to protect us. He wants to provide for us. He pursues us. Oh my gosh, does he pursue us? He not just pursues us, but he also gives us an opportunity to have peace and a peace that surpasses all understanding. Let's be a church that as we continue to study the word and the book of Psalms, let's let God's word refresh us in such a way that we choose to walk with him every day. Amen. Can we pray today? Father, I thank you so much.